Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hey, that's pretty good. Now, I know they didn't win. And yes, if if this is news to you, the Raptors did not win. They lose a very close game to the Chicago Bulls for their third loss of the season. Now, one and three. The Bulls undefeated still with DeMar DeRozan, uh, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Lonzo Ball, a slew of fun, intriguing role players. Undefeated. Having a great year, so the signings, trades, all that stuff, paying dividends for a 4-0 start. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Rose Sampson Folk, and that was the probably the most enjoyable game of the season so far. 111-108, to the Raptors lose. There was a huge dip in the middle of that game, but many things that happened in, in the game were just awesome to see, fantastic to watch. And a mass, most importantly, a masterclass defensively by, in particular, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Scotty Barnes down the stretch to take away from a lot of what the Bulls like to do offensively, which is tough to do with the absolute. They have so many options and great options. It came down to Demar, who closed the Raptors out, and you know, them's the breaks. That's how it goes sometimes. But as per usual this season, I want you to strap in for the short little rapid recap, rapid rundown, whatever, right? Hit the jazz and let's walk through it with some class. DeMar is back in town. Pump the brakes on the pump fake takes. A jump stop, an arm pop, and Scotty sends DD to the line for free shots. Gary Trent jumper bringing that thumper. Threes with ease early on looking nice like Louis Vuitton. A huge run for the Bulls like they're on parade. Everyone getting paid. Turnovers and missed shots, the Raptors have fallen. But they get back up. Bring back the Brinks truck. Scotty and OG at the point of attack to see what Chicago lacks. They're intimidating. Ball denial like they were on trial. Bailiff, please escort us to a close game. Take some shots. Make some shots. One pale ale for this frail male sends me off the rails. I'm drunk on defensive punch. That's right, someone spiked it when the principal wasn't looking and Toronto started cooking. The game pushed on and the buzz wore off. DeMar applied a cooling tonic to the Bulls and whispered gently, I'll close. Hey, there's your rapid rundown recap, whatever we call it, right? Changes every time. 
But the Raptors, they, they did lose this game, and DeMar DeRozan had a large hand in doing so, particularly late. Now, he didn't receive any mention in the, uh, the Jazz scat, but Fred Van Vliet will receive a ton of praise in this podcast because he was awesome. He did a fantastic job leaving the, leaving the Raptors, <laughs> leading the Raptors into the fray in this one because it's a very tough ask to take this team with the pieces on it and try and create some sort of salvageable half-court product, right? The Raptors are very short on event creation. And for those don't, that don't know what event creation is, it's basically event creation is how you're able to create something of note against the defense. Like going these handoffs the Raptors do above the break where there's just motion offense and they're just running back and forth, like no advantage created, sprint to a handoff, no advantage created, sprint to a handoff. You're not creating anything. You don't dictate that the defense really moves or changes. Events are basically when you get the defense to change or you create some sort of notable thing happening. And that's the Raptors are pretty low on that. It can be pretty monotonous, pretty homogenous as far as what they're producing offensively in the half court. Every once in a while, you get a little bit of a, you know, a bump from OG Ananobi or Scotty Barnes. And of course, like, of course, from Fred Van Vliet, although it has been less so during the these past few games. But that's that's not really his bag. In this game, I think he did a fantastic job of really dragging the Raptors through the mud, particularly in finding guys in the short roll area who, to their credit, Scotty Barnes, Cam Birch, Preston Sachua, whoever, right? They did a good job using their steps and their dribbles to get to push shots or to layups. And that was largely where Fred's huge assist numbers came from. And because Fred has always and will always create a heavy dose of three-point attempts for his teammates and not the highest quality three-point attempts, but three-point attempts. We saw some of that mixed in there too. OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr., both of them making four triples. 12 of 30 at the end of the game, it wasn't a huge part of what the Raptors did here tonight. For the most part, I think the Raptors did a good job of getting to the bucket, particularly when Vucevic, Vucevic wasn't on the floor. And that's a great recognition of who you're playing and it also led to one of my favorite things that Jack said on the broadcast. You know, Jack, you know, play the city game. Take it to the hole. Like the stuff he's always, he's always talking like that old school coach stuff, which is great. Everybody likes old school coach stuff, especially if it's not like, you know, terrorize your players and stuff like that. But he was saying, yeah, take it to the bucket. You know, like they have no, they have no defense there. They have no shot blocking. And then just as he was saying that, I think it was Troy Brown Jr., got to the bucket against the Raptors and he laughed to himself and he said, Hey, they're probably thinking the same thing. Just, you know, fantastic job calling the game in some regards for Jack. Uh, I've always really appreciated his voice and I thought that was a really fun little tidbit, but yeah, Fred Van Vliet, I think defensively, offensively, this game was an absolute peach from him and he deserves a ton of love for what he's done with the team in this game. And he didn't bring them back by himself but he was as big a part offensively as he was defensively. And that's huge on both sides. I want to talk mostly about how they switched up the defense and how OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet all sold out to break and stop the quirks and rhythms of the Bulls offense. And that's a hard thing to do because the Bulls offense is extremely varied, extremely versatile, and possesses a ton of top-end talent. Lonzo Ball, for whatever reason, 
is no longer in New Orleans. And he didn't want to be there. Fans didn't want him there, I guess. And neither did the organization. Very strange for a player who is objectively quite good at basketball. DeMar DeRozan, everybody knew that the Spurs were going into their, you know, their youth movement and that he was headed on to a different spot. And they traded for Vucevic last year to kind of enhance the two-man actions with Zach Levine. Because while Zach Levine was having a fantastic year, Wendell Carter Jr. didn't seem like he was on the same timeline. And they did want to put in that extra effort to show Zach Levine, who was absurd. I think he had the highest true shooting percentage of any guard scoring over 27 points per game, save for Steph Curry last year. He, he, was, he was incredible. And so they wanted to pair him with better players. They've done a great job this year. 4-0 is emblematic of that. And the Raptors punched up against a very good team tonight, largely because of OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Fred Van Vliet. Their ability to press into the ball handlers above the break and even above the hash mark where the break is, we're talking about pressure 25, 26 feet away from the hoop. Consistent pressure. And on the wings, you have OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, or Scotty Barnes, one of those three, really making sure that the ball has to go to Nikola Vucevic. That's who's going to flash up. And they felt pretty good about Birch and Achua guarding Vucevic in space, especially with guys ready to help off of that. So with those principles, they actually made it really difficult for the Bulls to do anything. And they leaned on the length and the tenacity with Fred of those guys to generate steals and to get out and run and to set the stage for a huge comeback that did fall short, but was fantastic to watch. Hell yeah for everybody involved. And you know, there is a reason that DeMar was the guy who ended up closing out this game because he was super comfortable taking that screen and roll and beating the switch. That's that's the thing, right? Is DeMar went into his bag and started making really difficult shots. And that's why the Bulls are so tough because Vooch can hit difficult shots relative to a lot of other, a lot of his contemporaries at the big man positions, four or five. He's very talented as far as a shot maker to the point where, you know, his shot diet looks almost radically different than every other big man in the NBA. Zach Levine, as I talked about, had one of the best shot making seasons from a guard ever, ever last season. DeMar DeRozan is a fantastic shot maker. Raptors fans might have some qualms about how effectively he did it in the playoffs for them. Whatever. He really nailed it in this game. He did it as a spur last year against the Raptors as well. And he's he's just a hell of a player. He got to spots where he made jumpers and the Raptors, for what it's worth, needed those turnovers, needed those possessions out on the run. And when the game really slowed down and they put the ball in DeMar's hands, that's when the ball was at its safest. He wasn't going to turn it over. He was going to get a shot up. And they decided to rest easy knowing that they're going to get a couple of shots at it. DeMar happened to hit three of them down the stretch. And the Raptors in the half court sets where they weren't actually getting out and running. It was just the half court. They weren't able to keep up with that. Luckily, they stayed in it because they forced some turnovers on the, on the inbounds plays when guys were coming up to try and receive the ball, like coming up the court to the hash mark near the half-court line. There are some turnovers there. And again, credit to OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Fred in particular, just a fantastic job. And hell yeah, the Raptors got back in it that way. But the Bulls flexed their muscles as far as talent-wise and managed to close this game out. And they did it because they had a 20-point buffer, of course, because of that, was it 73-53? Around that in the middle of the game, they really started to run away with it and were bullying the Raptors. At, you know, 
a pretty tough stretch with Achua, Barnes, and Boucher. So the Raptors, though, I think this game was an excellent, excellent display of what they're good at and how they can be changeable at times. And there were a couple games this season so far where I thought, especially against the Mavericks, right, there was a lack of ingenuity down the stretch defensively. They didn't show enough different stuff. And in this game, I thought that this particular switch up was really, really great. Kudos to Nurse for calling for it and like three-quarter court press and stuff like that, right? Just putting a lot of pressure on the ball. That was fantastic to see. And, you know, even more credit to the Raptors, the players who were on the court for executing it at that level. It's not easy to shut down NBA players, especially guys like Zach Levine, Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan and get them to move off of what they like to do. But the Raptors... Defensive masterclass in some regards for some stretches. They figured it out. It was truly awesome to see. I, I enjoyed this game a lot from that regard. And offensively, I mean, OG Ananobi, I thought, just did a fantastic job. This is something I wrote about quite some time ago prior to the bubble. I was looking at every single shot he took. And you can, you can if you type in Samson Folk, OG Ananobi, the piece, well, one of my pieces on him will probably pop up. And I was looking at... Every single time OG puts the ball on the floor and ends up, you know, attempting a shot, going to the line, all that kind of stuff, what does it look like? And I noticed that post-ups for him in that season, the first one without Kawhi, were pretty potent. And that I had also noticed that NBA tracking data was not picking up post-ups at the, at the volume that he was actually getting them. They were, um, <laughs> they were highlighting them and marking them as isolations a lot of times. So, you know. Take take whatever grain of salt you can when reading like tracking data and stuff, but them's the breaks anyway. And this game, I thought he was fantastic in the post. It was a some of it was forty five extended, and he started with his back to the basket, then kind of you know swung swiveled with that uh, pivot into like a, a triple threat or something like that. But he found spots, offices, let's say on the court to work out of, and I thought he did an awesome job in this game. Not to mention, I think he missed his first three triples and then went, I believe, four of four or five afterwards. So that's fantastic to see, especially since some of them were high pressure shots and it was helping the Raptors get back into it. But this is something I second plug of the podcast, by the way, a bit obnoxious. But this is something I talked about with my basically it was a piece priming. OG's preseason and what that means for the regular season, I said, yes, the off the bounce stuff looks awesome. Shot creation looks very, very good. But for the most part, he's still going to be working out of the sets and in the opportunities and situations that we've seen from him prior because he's really, really good at those. And this game, I thought, was a really handsome collection of all the different things that OG Ananobi is good at as a spot up shooter, as a guy looking to dump off to teammates when he gets deep in the paint creating shots for teammates, easy layups, that kind of stuff. And the guy who can pressure the rim because he's strong as an ox and he gets downhill momentum. All that stuff peppered in with a little, little baby smidge of shot making turns him into just an excellent, excellent offensive player where he was already very good. And it's, it's the amalgamation of all these different skills, right? It's not just about him becoming like Paul George Light, who's just going out there and hoisting up these incredibly, you know, what would the term be silky smooth jumpers with just the most beautiful footwork ever that's not going to be him but he's also better at some things offensively a lot of the micro like role player stuff than Paul George is and so 
it won't ever look like a huge amount of dribble dribble between the legs, you know, dribble package and then step back, pound dribble size step, like all that kind of stuff. No, it's not going to be like a video game. But he plays in the margin so well that any little bit of that added does give him all-star equity. He does approach that level of value, whether that will be recognized or not. I'm not sure. And especially when he pairs that type of offensive, super great performance with just a sterling, sterling defensive performance like he did in this one. The core coverage, the on-ball stuff, remarkable, super good. And Scotty Barnes equally defensively deserves a lot of credit. And the assists still not present in the game for Scotty Barnes, but this is these are the situations he's being put in as a player. Teams are leaving him on an island. And he's responding in kind as a shot maker and a shot creator for himself. Six of eight in this game. He knew when the Bulls were keyed into him. He knew, okay, do I have to adjust? Do I have room? Do I just pass out and reset? And he knew when he was on an island and had an opportunity to take a guy like Pat Williams, for example, off the bounce, spin off his shoulder, push off, get into the lane and dunk with one hand with authority, like throw down the hammer. He, he's had a great sense for how to insert himself and assert himself in these games. Early on, I've, I've been very, very happy, very, very pleased with what he's been able to do so far. Awesome, awesome stuff. This, this was also noted in the, the rapid recap, wrap up, what, whatever it is, right? Uh, Gary Trent Jr. came out the game, three or four hitting shots. I think he found a pretty, pretty good uh, situation for himself offensively. I think he was he was finding really great spots as far as in as a jump shooter, providing help, running to the ball, being a release valve, really high quality stuff, and you know, a great performance from the floor. If you want anything more than like 47% from the floor from Gary Trent Jr., forget about it. This is a guy who's providing shot making to a team that is low on it. And if he's going to give it to you at this efficiency, particularly four of nine from three, you pack that up and you take it home, especially with the added uh, defensive quality he's been providing this year. So really nice to see. The front court stuff, Achua, Birch, I thought both had pretty good games and for different reasons, right? Like Precious Achua creates a lot of those extra offensive possessions because he's such a hound around the offensive glass. And Kim Birch, very, very slick, wheel greaser offensively like neither of these guys are a top tier starting center in the nba and not not even close to top half right they start punching up at top 20 when they have a good game something like that if it is a really good game and but but both of them i thought had good games for different reasons precious obviously creating those extra possessions helping clear the defensive glass as well really working on that and Kem Birch, who was a huge part of Fred Van Vliet's 17 assist night, finding the pacing in the short roll, getting to advantageous spots where he presents himself as an option for Fred, and helping carry the Raptors' offense through some of the doldrums, through some of those slumps. And so that was awesome to see. Goran Dragic, Svi. Svi had one really nice three. He was basically just right at the top of stuff. And but the rest of the game, I felt like the ball was not safe in his hands. And he had a couple boneheaded plays and defensively got back cut a few times. But still a, a positive as far as plus minus. And that, that speaks to being on the floor during those swing minutes is a, a super big deal. Whereas like Precious, Scotty Barnes, and Chris Boucher are on the other side of that equation for a really nasty stretch of basketball. 
And yeah, the best thing you could say about Drogic is that he willed himself to the free throw line. And when things get bogged down, if you have a guy who can get there, help lift up the, you know, cratering offense, that's that's worthwhile. But he's still playing a very small role relative to what he's been doing over the past few years, particularly on, you know, a very good Miami Heat team. And he is, you know, it's it's muted relative to what he's been doing for a very long time. But eight points, four boards, not much to write home about. Banton, only five-minute stretch. Chris Boucher, only a five-minute stretch. But completely different five-minute stretches. Banton fitting in perfectly with the the minutes that he was playing with the really long guys out there and getting out on the break. And even Banton getting half-court possessions and beating a couple guys off the bounce without a screen. If Delano Banton can beat NBA players off the bounce without a screen, given his physical tools, that's a very, very intriguing and uh, encouraging thing to see so far. So that was awesome. And uh, yeah, Chris Boucher still missing a lot defensively. Like he, he's completely lost out there on that end. It, it matters, of course, but he's showing so much quality as an offensive plug-in guy. Like he'll just provide offensive punch when he's right when he's, you know, he's coming off of surgery. He's coming off of, you know, a preseason that he didn't get to participate in and camp and all that kind of stuff. So it, it'll come around, but it's it's been poor performances so far. But I'm I'm not worried about it. It's just been poor. Calling it like I see it, but not worried about it, you know? Kind of like the, the first two games for OG. Poor. Not good games as far as, you know, his performance from the field or anything like that. But... Does it change what you think of? Does it make me think that, oh, I shouldn't have said that OG Ananobi could be an all-star this year? Absolutely not. And do I think Chris Boucher won't be, you know, an incredibly effective plug-in piece off the bench? Like, of course he will. He'll, of course, score the hell out of the ball this year when he gets right and when he starts attacking in the way that he has in the past. And particularly if he gets minutes next to Siakam, I think that's a, a large part of the equation as well. But Hell yeah. If you're here for like Bulls stuff, if, if my friend Kai is listening, uh, great defensive performance from them. I think that they did a fantastic job outside of transition, of course, but they did a really good job of moving as a unit and taking away the potency of a lot of the uh, the Raptors drives and stuff like that. So that was really cool to see. I enjoyed that uh, immensely. Reggie Evans Award goes to Fred Van Vliet. Talked about him ad nauseum in this podcast already, but the the little engine that could something to that degree, right? To that effect, it's cool to see a guy work as hard as he does. And particularly in this game where he was getting to the bucket down the stretch, that was awesome. And the work he did to create lanes for his big man into the short roll area, to the basket, and 17 assists. Not to mention, of course, the defensive stuff I already touched on. Just hell of a performance. Reggie Evans Award goes to him. Top quick reaction comment from Arshdeep Singh, who I see all the time on RR and appreciate your insights, Arshdeep. Thank you for writing in. Quote, this team is going to be very good once Siakam and Utah are back. Freddie, despite the turnovers, probably had his best playmaking game of his career. Maybe he proved some of us wrong about being a four general this season. Boucher needs to be better. Barnes, OG, GTJ all looked good. Precious needs to play more in control. Needs some more bench production. Very fun game despite the result. End quote. Yeah, so a lot of stuff there, obviously. And like, hell yeah, Arshdeep, you're throwing a lot of stuff out there and people like it. They upvote it. That's that's awesome. What's better than sharing what you think and have people saying, hell yeah, here's a thumbs up. 
so shout out to the community. Shout out to Arshdeep for that. But uh, very good once Siakam and Utah are back. I'm not sure about very good because very good to me would be like a, a top three team in either conference. And I don't know if they'll be that good. But I certainly am very, very excited for what this team looks like with Siakam back. And Utah. I mean, Utah is going to be a very positive player as he was last year, honestly. So as far as Freddie and the uh, playmaking and stuff like that, yeah, he'll come in every once in a while and just pop off for a playmaking game. It doesn't mean that the diet of shots that he creates for a team fundamentally changes or anything like that. But this was a good game and should be celebrated as such. Uh, everything else you touched on, though, I think uh, is something something I touched on myself. So, Arsip, thanks for writing in. Listener, thank you for listening. But whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. <laughs>